7 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Thanks for joining us today. It's a lot to dive into. Um, first off, great season for the CMU women's soccer team, unfortunately, coming to an end last night against UCCS. Yeah. one nothing loss to the Mount Lions last night. It's still a great season for Megan Remick and Sutherland Randall and, and that group. Oh, yeah. It was kind of funny, too, last night. So Carly Dare of the Mavericks, her sister Reagan, plays for UCCS. And there were a few moments last night where they were both on the pitch at the same time. So that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. A couple local kids. Oh, yeah. Both Fruit of Products. And then we go from applauding what was a great season for the CMU women's soccer team to a very troubling national story of Von Miller. Yeah. Now, I only had the details yesterday that he was facing the accusations that they had a warrant out for his arrest. My understanding is that he has since turned himself in. Did that yesterday, yes. Okay. To Glen Heights Police, and then he was taken to the DeSoto Police Department. If you're going, well, why is he in Texas? Bells are on a bye week, and he's got a home there. Yeah. He's from there, so that... By a week, spend some time away from the team. In this case, maybe not a good thing. And we, nobody knows this for certain, but the feeling is fairly strong that this is Megan Denise, who is the gr girlfriend pregnant mm. that Von Miller allegedly shoved down, held her down by her neck, did not choke her, but held her down by her throat for a few seconds, according to the affidavit that's been released. That he smashed her laptop. They got into a verbal argument, just to give you a little bit of the, the outline of what we know from the affidavit. They were in their Dallas area apartment. They got into an argument, a verbal argument. He asked her to leave. She started to leave, started to gather her things to leave. He was like, trying to film her on his phone and, and things like that. And, and then he grabbed her laptop, allegedly, once again, this is all from the affidavit, allegedly grabbed her laptop, threw it on the ground, stomped on it, broke her laptop, and then shoved her down, held her down by her neck, and there were some marks apparently on her neck when police arrived. Vaughn was not there when the police arrived, which... That's, that's not a good that's look. That's never a good look. Innocent, guilty, whatever, that's not a good look. Definitely makes you look more guilty than you might very well be. And so, this they believe it's the same woman. Remember back in 2021 when he was at the Broncos? Yes. That the, the incident it, it, when he was living in Parker, which ended up being investigated. and Nothing just, came of it. Nothing came of it. Well, the feeling is it's the same woman, Megan Denise, who was also pregnant at that period of time with Von Miller's child. And so there's some history between the two of them. Very toxic history. Absolutely. And the, the feeling is, is that uh, it's, it's, she's, it's the same woman where he had the previous 
situation with when he was a Bronco. And I like I I don't know I I, I don't part of me. I think you and I we just briefly talked about this morning before the, the show started mm. as both being fans of the Broncos and fans of Von Miller that even when he doesn't play for Denver anymore he 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 didn't want to leave Broncos traded him he's always been very very complimentary of the organization even after yeah. everything that happened he got traded to the Rams and and, and all that that he's always been a very positive guy. Still has the the charitable work he does in Denver with providing eyeglasses for needy kids. Old Spice commercial, pitch guy for a while. He was on a progressive ad recently with Stefan Diggs. Yeah, I, there's there's a lot of things about him, yeah, where they're both wearing the same outfit. Yeah. And there's a lot of things about Von Miller to like. He was at Texas A&M, ag student, loves chickens. A lot of good things about, uh, about Vonnie football. Of course, being Super Bowl MVP. Of Super Bowl 50 and leading the Broncos to a championship, that's part of the, the really positive narrative. And but we we did the Davison Beetle podcast yesterday. You can find it at, at the team1340.com where we talked about this. Uh Beetle and I talked about it a lot. And you want it, you want to err on the side of he's innocent until proven guilty. There's also the history of this is same woman, Megan Denise, which we believe it probably is. There's some history there of allegations made, allegations investigated, nothing came of it. We never want to immediately accuse somebody of of this kind of behavior just from the jump. And when you've had a previous incident, not not saying this time isn't entirely different. This could be entirely different. It could. This could be where actual charges, I mean, he was arrested. Last time with the Parker Police was not arrested. Police called, looked into it, talked to both parties. It was viewed as nothing nothing here that's a chargeable offense. Just a couple having a little dust up. And they moved on. And this, this is a different story. He was arrested yesterday. He turned himself in. He turned, he turned himself into police where he was arrested and is out on bail right now. The thing for me that trips me up a little bit about this is even though there's so little information about their relationship, there's actually quite a lot that we can pull from in terms of, you know, context clues. They have a child together, but they're not married. The girlfriend is pregnant, but they never explicitly say that it's his kid. And he's, you know, who knows what that situation is. There's been previous accusations before. There's been kind of on and off, you know, stuff. It seems like just from a complete outsider's perspective that whatever relationship these two have is, number one, and we use this word already, toxic, and number two, problematic. And you know what? This is one of those things, and I'm not a marriage counselor or therapist or anything like that, but if this is kind of like a history between you two where you have, you know, this level of toxicity in your relationship, you are not good for each other and you need to step away. And yes, having a kid involved complicates things and you want to balance the needs of, you know, co-parenting and all that sort of, that's what lawyers are for. <laughs> that is what lawyers, that is what mediators, that's what, especially if you are Von Miller 
multi-bajillionaire. And I believe this woman is a successful model as well. So I think well, she might have... Would you like me to illuminate you on the, the resume of Megan Denise just a little bit? Please. Megan Denise, who apparently she's worth like $300,000. So keep keep that in mind. All right. Um, not, not trying to say she's, she's a gold digger, you know, kind of thing. But she is a model and licensed medical esthetician. Okay. Okay, those are... Very reputable forms of employment, no sure. doubt about that. Extremely reputable. She's also been an exotic dancer. She's pretty much like a, an Instagram person, influencer as well. She's got 1.2 million followers. There you go. And they've they've had very much an on-again, off-again relationship over the course of time. And not saying that her being an exotic dancer no, no, means immediately, oh, well... And she's a woman of ill repute, and Von Miller's completely in the in the clear. No, 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 because no. It, it does not matter what her occupation is, what what things that she's done in the past in terms of making a buck. Yeah, people have to make money, and women sometimes are put in very desperate situations, and they have to do things that they should never have to do. Right. Um. But immediately, once again, their relationship screams. As you said, tox it's it's toxic, and while you you don't want you want you want to believe that Von Miller is innocent in this, and I do, I, I want to believe that this was just misunderstanding, like it was apparently the last time. So, yeah, and, and but when he, when he doesn't when he doesn't stay there, cake when he leaves the scene, which you should leave, but if you if you, you have a feeling she's going to call the cops, maybe you don't. Leave the scene, leave the scene, maybe leave the apartment. He did the right thing, and he took himself out of the situation. We've talked about that many times where, where when, when these moments boil up like this, things get heated. Somebody needs to be the adult and walk away before it gets really physical or more physical than it's already gotten to at that point. And I, he did the right thing there. But when he left and did not, go, okay, go outside the building. Go outside. Take a, take a lap. Take a lap. Be around there. Cops show up. You need to be there to go. Here's what happened. Here's my side of the story. When you disappear, when you ghost, when you just run off, that's never a good look. Innocent guilt makes, if you're innocent, makes you look guilty. Yeah. Makes like, why you're running? Like I said, once again, he did the right thing. And we don't want to, we don't want to damn him for leaving the apartment because that's what he should have done. Before it got even worse than apparently it was. Applaud him. Absolutely the right thing to do. He left. But leaving the entire vicinity and going, where, I don't know where he went. Maybe thought just, I'm going to go cool off. I, I just, yet if he had to know that she was probably going to call the cops. And maybe staying around there somewhere close might have been a good idea. Maybe. To say, hey, here's what happened. I, okay, she called the, She called you guys. Here's what happened. Because when you totally disappear, that's a bad look. For, for, for the majority of the day? Because it happened, happened Wednesday, and then he turned himself in yesterday. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> it's, it's not like they didn't probably have a way to contact him. She has a way of contacting him. Clearly. 
clearly. Got his cell phone number. Maybe, um, you know, Glen Heights Police should have been. Mr. Miller, we really like you to come in and talk to us. I mean, maybe they tried to. Maybe he ignored that. We Those are things we don't know. We don't know what what they did. And we also, to my knowledge, we have not actually heard from Vaughn's camp yet. Like, I haven't seen anything as far as, like, an attorney statement or any sort of rep statement from him. I have not seen any of that. And that's, again, it's like you don't want to. And there are people out there probably right now that are that are screaming, you know, he, he deserves whatever, prison. And maybe he does. There are people that are right now calling for heads to roll. In, in Von Miller's case. And there are those like you and I, I think, that are like, let's... Because let there's be. some history here, some some debatable history on very the, their relationship and, and what happened before. And with the Parker Police thing, because I remember when that all was going on. Yeah. And you're kind of going, oh, this is not a good look. But, like, but, there, was, but there was never any any report of it got physical or anything like that. It's two people, a couple screaming and hollering at each other, which is never good. No. But couples do that sometimes. You get angry, get upset about something, left the toilet seat lit up, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Or, um, you know, other other more really, really significant things. And that last time it turned into being, a, okay, there's nothing to see here. Nobody's going nobody's to get charged because there's, there's nothing to see. Yeah. This is an entirely different story. And for a Buffalo Bills team that already had to deal with Matt Ariza, where that, that's a complicated story. That if you watched, um, HBO Real Sports did a, a piece on it about, if you remember Matt Ariza, the rookie punter from San Diego State, yeah, yeah, yeah. that um, was accused of, pardon my language here, a... Um, Multiple person sexual assault of a woman. We'll, yeah. we'll clean it up quite a bit. At a party when he was a player at San Diego State. And now this woman's credibility has been questioned because there's you no know, video evidence and you know, multiple other witnesses that had nothing to do with the attack. They're going, yeah, there's... He wasn't there. Or, or he, it was, it was consensual. It wasn't a... There, her uh, her credibility is seriously in question, and so the bills cut him, which seemed like the very appropriate thing to do at the time. It did, and, and now, but he, he can't get nobody in the league will touch him, even though these other things have come out now about her credibility being very much in question. So it is a Buffalo Bills organization that's had to go down this road before, and not that long ago. No, and so right now. First and foremost, you know, good thing they're in a bye week, so they can kind of figure this out. He shouldn't play until this is sorted out. I know I get I get it that he's innocent until proven guilty in a court of law, but, but it's a, but it's not a good look for the Bills if Von Miller is back on the football field next weekend. This is where more than likely the league is gonna be like, okay, we'll we'll put him on the commissioner's exempt list. Until this gets sorted out. And here's the deal. The NFL right now is, I won't say necessarily hitting the panic button, 
but they've unlocked the plastic case covering that houses the panic button and are and are just kind of waiting because we know this. We know the NFL's history and record of how it handles players and domestic violence issues. You mean Ray Rice? I mean exactly Ray Rice. Let's suspend him two games. Oh, the video comes out. Oh, let's suspend him for eight games. Okay, let's just, he's just done. Yeah. And, and, it, and it took the video for them to jump it from two to eight games? The video that there's no way on God's green earth that they didn't have access to yeah. it before the two-game suspension. Absolutely. So, you know, again, it's one of those things where NFL PR is waiting to to go full panic mode because they know the history that this league has with its frankly atrocious record when it handles players, not just domestic violence, but we're talking players off field conduct, you know, or in the case of Matt Ariza, who had those that happened when he was not even drafted by the bills yet. It was when he was still at San Diego state. Yeah. And because of that, they, they had to quickly, they felt like they quickly had to act. I think at that point in time, we're all going, oh, yes, we totally, it was a horrible, awful, terrible thing that he was uh, accused of. And and now it seems like there's certainly more, there's certainly more than a, a shadow of doubt on, on those allegations, on him. In the case of Von Miller, this is two people who have a history, who don't have a great history. No. In terms of their relationship. So if he's... Got some thoughts. It just, it, regardless, it makes me sad. Yeah. And if, and if she, if he, if he truly assaulted her and did this, I'm sorry for her. Yeah. She's the victim here. If that, if that is in, indeed the case, these things are true. The cops got there. Supposedly she had some marks on her neck. There was some signs of, of physical assault. And um, she was treated and released at the hospital. She's pregnant. I mean, that that adds to the, the 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 horrible nature of this. Yeah, that's a in Texas, that's a third degree felony. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I, I just you know, there's things that about it that are that are difficult. Um, but if you get some some thoughts on it today, I mean, if you're a fan of Von Miller, certainly it it's um, it's troubling. It's it's disappointing. Um, because he's still a a well regarded figure in Broncos country. And the history of the Broncos franchise. All right, so uh, 719, text or call us, 970-242-1340. Uh, championship games this weekend. We, we talked about college football playoffs. It's going to be a very interesting weekend. Yeah, well. And uh, on the Davis and Beetle podcast, which uh, we did yesterday, once again, plug, 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 find it at theteam1340.com. We have our NBC Grand podcasts uh, uh, on our website. And um, we talked about college football playoffs how this weekend you have Georgia Alabama Alabama's got the loss to Texas Georgia's yet to lose what happens if Alabama which Alabama very well could be Georgia wouldn't would, way Milrow's playing right now the way the, the Crimson Tide's playing would not be a shocker though, though Carson Beck's gotten much much better as the season's gone along and he was even further ahead of Jaden Milrow in right. terms of of quarterback development and success uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs. If you're the college football playoff committee, 
Say they both have one loss. And Alabama's just defeated the number one team in the CFP. How do you say to them, sorry, Alabama. Can't have you in. Nice season. Good job, SEC champs. You're have fun at the Cotton Bowl. That, that's going to be it's going to be intriguing. And then how do you tell Georgia, hey, multi-time defending national champion, first loss of the season, SEC title game. Maybe it's a close football game. It's a real, you know, Donnie Brook, a real barn burner. Sorry, Georgia, you're out. I don't know how you do that. And then you've got Washington and Oregon tonight for the Pac-12 title. You go margin of victory if Oregon wins because Washington beat them by three during the regular season. Right. They both would have one loss. And then you've got Texas saying, wait a minute, they beat Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game. They'll only have one loss. And they have a win over Alabama at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Michigan to me, Michigan, congratulations. You are part of the college football playoffs for 2024 in the end of the uh, the new year. Despite your cheating head coach. D- despite your... Allegedly. Your, yeah, your cheating, khaki-wearing head coach. Or at least your cheating sideline guy named Connor <laughs> Stallion. Can we... I'm sorry. There's no way that's his real name. It sounds made up. It sounds it like... It sounds like a really bad 1970s adult film star name that someone came up or with. Or the quarter, the name of a quarterback of a fictional, like, movie or TV football like team. Like a really bad... We're <laughs> not talking, like, Friday Night Lights. You know, we're not talking any of the... We're, it's like a real, like... Yeah. Not even B movie, like CDF <laughs> movie. Connor Stallions, the quarterback. Of course, he'd be the quarterback of the Stallions. Of course. That's why you draft him, because it's course. great branding. Our core quarterback has the same brand nickname as the team. Exactly. Be like Bronco Nagurski yeah. goes to the yeah. Broncos. Yeah, I, I just, uh, but look, Michigan, yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Michigan's in. No, they're not going to lose to Iowa. Even no. though I'm fight on Iowa, I'm going to cheer for the Hawks tomorrow night. They're not, not going to beat them. And there's no way they beat Michigan. They'll, the scrappy Hawks defense will keep it tight for a little bit. First, second quarter, it and might then, be like 10 nothing. And then J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum will, will get it going. And and then they'll, they'll roll and they'll be in the college football playoffs. I mean, and then you have Ohio State, whose only loss would be Michigan. Is Michigan. And they're done. I mean, they're not playing a big Big Ten title game. And and so they have they have no chance, at least at least for for teams like Texas, Florida State, the two Pac-12 schools we referenced, they they have paths. Alabama has a path. Ohio State, I feel bad for Ohio State because they have no path now. They lost to Michigan. It's their only loss, and they're done. Next year, when they drop divisions, it could very well be Ohio State, Michigan, possibly, maybe, playing for the Big Ten title because it'll be the top two teams in the standings that will play for the the conference championship as opposed to the divisions now uh, when they bring in the the four-pack 12 school. So I got some thoughts about that this weekend. We talked about this yesterday on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And Beetle loves chaos. I love chaos too. Oh, it's great. And he was like, yeah, you know, 12 teams next year will be great. 
you know, there, there'll still be a lot of debate. And I go, no, there'll be there'll be debate. Not like now, though. And I'm, no. I'm once again, I'm I'm a proponent of increasing it to 12 teams. It I'm, should I'm, really I'm, be 12 teams now because you're probably going to get the best games. I'm in favor of that. But but here's the caveat to that. And I've said this before. This is nothing new coming out of my mouth. Okay. There's only four seats at the table. That's it. It's four seats right now. That's, That's it. it. That's it. The amount of discussion you have right now, because you have you have the four teams that are the top four. You've got Texas. You've got Oregon. I mean, you've got other schools. There, there are plenty of teams that say, hey, what about us? What about us? Shouldn't we be in? There's only four seats at the table right now. And does that not create more, more discussion because there's fewer spots? It's tougher to get in. I just think from a discussion standpoint, 12 is the way we should go because from a, a competitive standpoint, being fair to teams, good football teams, right. they should be in. But from just a pure sports talk, fan talk, discussion thing, 12 will lessen that conversation. It'll be about, okay, seating, and we'll discuss seating like we do with the men's basketball tournament. How is it seated? Is it seated correctly? You'll get that 13th, 14th team that, that doesn't get in, that maybe they should be in, you know, bubble teams like in, the, in March Madness, but it's not going to be like it is now. No. Where there's four, four seats at the table. That's it. It's a very exclusive club. It's tough to get in. And you can be really, really good. You can be great. But you had that one bad day, that one bad game, that one play against a really good team that you didn't come up with in the fourth quarter that's going to keep you out of this. Mm-hmm. And I just think from a discussion standpoint, it makes it more interesting with four teams. You got some thoughts on that today as well. You can text or call us, Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. All right, uh, I'm being a little long-winded. I'm going to blame myself on this. Clock management, old school Andy Reid, not very good. Uh, I'll say old school because that's not Andy Reid's. Not right now. Not not in a long time. It is time for... What's happening? And it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow. Things like surveillance, business phone systems, cybersecurity, and network support. They're your technology service partner. Call them today at ComWest, 970-242-8142, or go to ComWestCorp.com. And Nathan, thank you for the calendar, by the way. Nice. I love, I love the ComWest calendars. They're, they're fantastic. They're very funny. All right, so uh, lead things off with former Broncos linebacker and current Buffalo Bill Von Miller's turned himself into the police Thursday after accusations he assaulted his pregnant girlfriend. The 34-year-old Miller turned himself into Glen Heights Police in Texas after a warrant was issued. He was then taken to the DeSoto Police Department where he posted $5,000 bond and an affidavit. Miller's girlfriend stated the two were involved in a verbal argument. Miller asked her to leave their apartment. When she tried to leave, Miller destroyed her laptop and shoved her down and held her down by her neck for a few seconds. Miller had left the scene before police arrived at the apartment. Miller was in Texas because Buffalo is on a bye week. The Broncos are getting another primetime game. The NFL announced they've moved Denver's game at Detroit to a 6-15 start time on December 16th. The Broncos have the league's longest active winning streak at five straight wins as they head to Houston this Sunday. Catch the Broncos and the Texans on the Team Sports Network with pregame at 9 and kickoff 
at 11. Coach Prime is Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year. The magazine announced Thursday that Cuddlebutt football coach Deion Sanders was selected for the honor. Sanders took a one-win bus team from 2022 and improved them to four wins with victories over national championship runner-up TCU and rivals Nebraska and Colorado State. Sanders will accept the award December 6th at the CU Events Center. Uh, bouncing back to the NFL last night, great Thursday night football game. Dallas beats Seattle 41-35. Cowboys are now 9-3. Seahawks are 6-6. Six six. Dak Prescott, 299 and three touchdowns. But it wasn't like Geno Smith was, uh, wasn't getting it done either. 23 of 41, 334, three touchdowns and a pick last night. But the Cowboys get the victory in a wild Thursday night football game. Hey, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, some moron who sits in this chair over here left DK Metcalf on oh. his fantasy bench last night. Oh, because so. DK Metcalf had a big, big, big game last night. Now, I did have CeeDee Lamb as a starter, so that kind of made up for it. But, like, you know, still... I want to dominate. Oh, six catches, one thirty-four, three touchdowns. Ooh, you left that on the on the table there. Yeah, that's that's not that's not a good look. Uh, Nathan McKinnon's power play goal helped give the Avalanche a point, but they couldn't get the win as Colorado loses at Arizona, four to three in overtime Thursday night. Avs defenseman Kale McCarr scored a goal and finished the month in November with four goals and twenty-four points. His twenty assists in the month of the most of the, of the month of November in league. History. The Colorado Mason women's soccer team season has come to an end. Mavs hosted the South Central Regional Championships and faced RMAC rival UCCS last night at Community Hospital Unity Field. The Mountain Lions and Mavs were scoreless after the first half. Within the first two minutes of the second half, Mountain Lions scored on a goal that bounced out the goalpost and into the net. UCCS wins a one to nothing. They'll face Point Loma in the NCAA quarterfinals tomorrow over at CMU. The Mavericks finished the season 18-4-1. and and with an RMAC championship. Three of the four Grand Valley's teams won on the opening night of the Warrior Challenge Boys Basketball Tournament at Central High School. Grand Junction drubbed Rifle 70-23 to in Dutch Johnson's return as the Tigers head coach. Grand Junction forward Will Applegate scored a game high 18 points with Bears. the Bears' Logan Gross scoring 12 points. Gross played quarterback for Rifle last Saturday's 2A State Championship football game. Moffat County down Palisade 64-53 in their opener. The Bulldogs' Hunter Howard and Lane Rapelius each scored 14 points apiece. Terminal House Central defeated Summit 61-36 with Cam Redding and freshman Blake Rooks each scoring 11 points apiece in the Warriors win. Fruto Monument won their opener for former Wildcat girls coach Michael Wells. The Wildcats knocked off Castleview 52-46. The Warrior Challenge continues today and tomorrow at Central. The team will have coverage of Saturday's game starting at 8.30 tomorrow morning. Another boys basketball scores. Montrose won their opening game of the season and beating Bayfield 74-49 at the Pagosa Springs Tournament. Delta's also at the Pagosa Springs Tournament, and they lost to the host Pirates 58-49. Central girls basketball team opened the season with a dominating 69-23 win over Discovery Canyon at the Palmer Tip-Off Tournament in Colorado Springs. Christina Manzanera scored a game-high 29 points to lead the Warriors with Bryn Wagner adding 23 points. Fruto Monument opened up with a 48-24 win over Union Utah, the Shannon Johnson Classic in Utah. The Wildcats' Addison Air scored 18 points and Liv Campbell dropping in 14 points. Palisade thumped Aspen 54-16 to win their opener. Grand Junction girls won their home opener in beating Pueblo South 49-28. Montrose dropped their opener to Rocky Mountain at the Pagosa Springs Tournament. The Red Hawks lost 59-43. Uh, with Tegan Rocco scoring 17 points to lead the Red Ox. Delta lost her opener and falling to Pagosa Springs, 57-44. And that's a look at what's happening this morning. What's happening? As always, brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. If you need IT help or a new, a new business phone system or improved surveillance for your business, 
Call ComWest today, 970-242-8142 or go to ComWestCorp.com. All right, thoughts about the Von Miller situation, college football playoffs this weekend. Locks of the weekend. Locks of the weekend as well. So uh, make sure you get those into us today. Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. We'll take a break. We'll come back and uh, talk a little abs hockey. Abs uh, get a point, but they fall at Mullet Arena last night to the Coyotes. That's coming up. Touchdown every morning. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. One, two, that you want to... Oh, yeah. That puts a smile on my face. I like that. That's good, man. It's good. This is uh, Silk Sonic, the Bruno Mars, Anderson Pack collab album they did. I like this. Yeah. It's I, good. I don't think I've ever heard this. So it's all like 70s style. Funk stuff. Yeah. Funk, R&B. Yeah. Our friend Petey Pope would, uh, I think, really appreciate that. I think he would, too. Coming up uh, 9.20 this morning, we'll have our football picks. Uh, you want to tease that at all, how we did in football picks? Who- uh, well, let's say let's say this. It is a very tight race. <laughs> now that It's tight. It is getting r- real close for comfort for all parties involved. Oh, good. I like that. That's good. It's, it's competitive. Yes. It's feisty. I like that. That's good. That's the way it should be. No, we don't want... Somebody woodshedding everybody else. We don't want that. What good competition. I like that. It's a great idea. To have competition. Sure. <laughs> what? No, it's just, I mean, you don't, like, you, don't, you don't like to compete? You're just... No, I love to compete. The problem is, is I would rather be the one doing the woodshedding than being the recipient of the woodshed. Oh, uh, okay. So, you know. But there's nobody's getting woodshedded right now, what you're saying. It's I uh, yes. It's that's ver- it's very tight between one through four. Four, it's very tight right now. It is very close. All right. Uh, so the Avalanche last night playing at Mullet Arena, taking on the Arizona Coyotes. They soon to be Portland Coyotes or Sacramento Houston. Coyotes. Uh rumor has it Houston they might be moving them to Houston. Okay. There's, there's a lot of chatter that NHL is considering Houston as a possible next destination for the Arizona franchise. Can't they just bring the Atlanta Thrashers back? <laughs> well, no, they they moved to Winnipeg. No, that's, I know. It's but... the Jets. Well, why, why, well, why do you want... Are, do you have some affinity for, for Atlanta hockey? That no, I not... just... I feel like... I feel like there's an opportunity that is... Come on. Like, Canada needs another hockey team. Another subpar hockey team. Well, Atlanta's had... But Atlanta's had two, though, Cake. The Flames used to be the Atlanta Flames. Who moved to Calgary. And they used to be... the You know, the Thrashers became the Winnipeg Jets. Again. And the Jets were... The Arizona... Became the Arizona Coyotes. (laughs) Again. Like, Canada needs another hockey team. Very true. Come on. No, no, but Houston... It's Seems not like the it, worst place to put a... No. Well, you've got... You have a uh, rivalry with Dallas. Dallas Stars have done well in terms of attendance, things like that. And where, were the, and where were the Stars from? Minnesota. Thank you. <laughs> but then again... Which is basically say, Canada. People are going to say... <laughs> but it's not, though. It's not Canada. It's I know. Minnesota. 
I have family in Minnesota. They're probably going to hit. They're probably not going to give but me. But if you're going to start on this, card. Whole, if you're going to stay on this theme of well, they came from someplace else, wait, well, Avalanche were from Quebec. That would be yeah. Take that, Quebec. Yeah. Oh, so now, oh, take yeah. that, Canada. Suck on that, Canada. How do you like that, Canada? Take your maple syrup and do it. Why, why are you hating on Canada today? I've never. They're liked a lovely them. country with delightful people and oh yeah, they're so polite. And during the summer, I enjoy their their bizarre football, their three down football. Enjoy it quite a bit. They're ready to invade. They're right on the border. All there, they have to do is just walk across the lake. There was a movie years ago, like back in the late 70s, 80s, about the, the president was like, who was the U.S. president. And it might have been James Garner was in it. There was something to do with Canada. was going. They, they were trying to make out this thing like Canada was going to invade America. Okay. And, we had, we had a, and that was the thing that, you know, was the big rallying cry was to protect us from the Canadians. Okay. I'll look it up here in a little bit. I'll look it up. All right, Avalanche, uh, unfortunately, losing last night at Arizona. Um, they'll fall 4-3 to three in overtime. As to Vince McHale McCarr. Looked like he accidentally put the puck in his own net. Oof. Um, McCarr said he was just, I was just trying to take a shot away uh, when the, when the uh, Coyotes player, he thought he pushed his stick or hit my stick and it just popped through. Unlucky and unfortunate. But the Avalanche, even with that setback, they've been playing really well. They had scored in eight straight games in the power play heading into the game. and But Colorado only scored more than once with the man advantage twice this season. Well, Nathan McKinnon made it three times, hit the, the goal with 11.04 the third period to tie the game at 3-3. So uh, the Avs getting the goal from McKinnon last night. They get to overtime. They, they lose, though, but they still get the point last night. Not Look, they've been red hot lately. You're going to have a bad game like that. They've really bounced back in a big way. Might want to turn your mic on there. Yeah, I... Uh, I Felsky did. God bless I you, did. Mark. We still think of you. All right, Pete. Um, but the, the Avalanche, it's, it's different than Nashville. They gave up two goals like in 60 seconds. and That was not good. And did not did not play great at the end of that game. But, but still, though, the majority of the effort was pretty good, even in that loss. Avs have been playing much, much better hockey. And... After the game last night, uh, Jared Bednar talking about the loss to the Yotes. I really liked their first period. I liked the start of her second. Um, we had a little lull last 15 minutes of the second that I didn't love. Um, and then we played hard again in the third. But um, this is a team that can finish at a high rate. Like I think they're shooting above expected at second in the league. So... You know, and they capitalized on him. So I felt like they did a better job of finishing. And then over time, you know, guy gets in behind us. You're killing a penalty. And again, PK does a nice job. They kill the whole thing off. And right at the very end of it, they score on a, on a stuff play. So um, just sometimes the way it goes. It was a hard-fought hockey game. We did have that ball in the second that cost us a little bit. You know, we'll have to work to try and improve that. All right, Avs coach Jared Bednar. McCarr, by the way, scored a goal, finished uh, November with four goals and 24 points. The 20 assists of the most by a defenseman of the month in November in league history, by the way. He just continues to pile up these mind-boggling stats. He's incredible. And he's only, what, 24? Yeah. <sighs> just, just doesn't seem right, but 
but it's been it feels not re- fair. But it feels really good because oh, it's he played, great. Plays for the Avalanche. No, it's great because he plays for my favorite team. But yeah. then you you think about if he was Spoils on of riches. Like if he was on like the Red Wings, or the Wild, or whatever, I'd hate his guts. Uh, Avalanche, by the way, they uh, they continue to leave the Central. You got thirty one points. Stars of twenty nine. Jets of twenty six. Uh, in the standings in the Central Division. All right, 744, Jim along with Cake. Uh, coming up, we're going to bring back uh, some of the, the conversation I had with the Ridgeway uh, basketball coach Steve Hill. The court will be uh, dedicated to him tomorrow at Ridgeway High School. So uh, Chassa Hall of Famer, uh, one of the most successful high school coaches in state history. And uh, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll have that conversation coming up in just a couple minutes, bringing back some of that. But it's time right now for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Coming out today, just in time for the holidays, the very Philly special Christmas second album. One of the uh, highlights of the album, coming from defensive tackle Jordan Davis. Big Jordan Davis, 6'6", 336. You're not going anywhere, but that guy gets his hands on you. Meow, 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 meow. Meow. Oh, I'm nervous. Why am I so nervous? Goodness gracious, this is excruciating. All right. I love the sound of your voice, man. Ah, sucks, man. Thank y'all. I love it. I didn't think it was was bad at all. It was pretty decent. It was was very good. He's really good. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like Leslie Odom Jr. Okay. Yeah. Kind of you know a little higher register. Hamilton Hamilton guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Aaron Burr, sir. (laughs) Very good. Yeah. Seven forty six. We will take a break and we'll come back with more on the Jim Davis show. Who do I listen to? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader. Whoever suggested that has got to be smoking crash and plenty of it. The team. Welcome back. Jim along with Cake today. Got some thoughts about the Von Miller situation. Also, uh, conference championship weekend. Some important games to decide who will be, and this will be the last year for the the four-team playoff. But also, are you going to miss a four-team playoff in college football because it does create a lot of talk? There's only four seats at the table. Next will be 12. That's more equitable. Equitable. It's more more fair. But it also cuts down on, I think, the, the conversation. So, um, and we get some thoughts on that today. Text or call us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. It's a real pleasure to have uh, former Ridgeway boys and girls basketball coach Steve Hill with us the other day. They're going to dedicate the court at Ridgeway High School tomorrow, 1245, before Ridgeway plays Debeck to open up the basketball season. And so if you're listening along Highway 50, 102.1 FM, if you got time tomorrow, get out and honor Steve Hill. And, uh, of course, member of the Chassa Hall of Fame, uh, one of the most successful high school basketball coaches in the state of Colorado, 
had the chance to talk with him and his family the other day on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. We have uh, Steve Hill, his wife, uh, Diana, I believe, uh, his daughter, Jana, and his son, Scott, there as well. Uh, the Hill family, thanks for coming on this morning. We appreciate it. Well, thank you for having us on. Well, well Steve, first off, congratulations on having the court dedicated to you. Uh, kind of take us through your, your emotions when you found out that they were going to name the court after you at Ridgeway High School, where you had so much success as a boys and girls basketball coach. Oh, it's amazing. When did you really? Sorry, go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I say it was really an honor. It's just the topping on the cake. When, Steve, when did you find out that they were going to name the court after you? How did how did that all happen for you? Well, when my kids got done paying the money up front. <laughs> they, pay, they wrote a little check to somebody at Ridgeway High School. I say, hey, that's but no, I, I think I don't think it had anything to do about any any checks that were written to anybody. I think it's about the the legacy that you had there. Uh, you know, over a thousand games coaching and and uh, the forty two years of coaching. Uh, I think I think that had something to do with. It. I don't think any uh, any monetary exchange uh, played a role in this whole thing. <laughs> but I just found out about it. About, I don't know, maybe a week ago, somebody said something, and you know, that's the first I heard of it. I, I mean, I think I might be mad if I were you because I knew Scott had reached out to me a while back in regard to this. So I don't, I, it's, I don't know if it's fair for the media guy to know more, know about it before the the honoree gets to know about it. I don't know if that's fair or not. Yeah, well, you've got to know my kids. <laughs> <laughs> They never tell me anything. <laughs> well, that's that's my kids the same way, Steve. So some things never change. Uh, they, they just never change. We're talking with uh, Ridgeway uh, basketball coach uh, Steve Hill, retired coach uh, who was uh, inducted into the Chassa Hall of Fame back in 2000. And uh, Scott, I'm going to bring you in here for a moment. Uh, Scott, uh, I mean, this this honor for your dad, uh, you're still the, the state's all-time leading rebounder. Uh, your sister, uh, Tracy's in the Chassa Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, what does this mean for you for the, the Hill family basketball legacy to, to have the court named after your dad? Well, I tell you what, it is quite an honor. Thank you again for having us. Um, you know, fruit didn't fall far from the tree. Dad set a great example for all of us. And, uh, you know, we just kind of followed that. And, uh, you know, for him to finally get this honor is, uh, you know, such a special occasion. He's touched so many kids' lives, which, you know, us being in such a small community, we're able to, you know, have contact with. And so it kind of created a family. And, uh, you know, the impact that the dad had on so many kids and uh, so many people's lives, uh, just, you know, priceless. The, the dedication, by the way, for the court, uh, the Hill Court at Ridgeway High School will be the Saturday, 1245, and, and that'll be before uh, the basketball opener, uh, girls, and var- girls and Boys Varsity taking on Beck, and that opener on Saturday. And I believe that we have Jana there too, correct? Yes. Jana, I mean, to talk about this a little bit from your perspective of, of what this means for, for your family to, to have the court named after your dad and just being part of this, uh, the, the, the Hill family in terms of, of, of a name that here on the Western Slope, if you know high school basketball, if you followed it in any period of time, uh, your family's name is one of the first ones that, that comes out of people's mouths. 
Well, you know, just to piggyback on what Scott was saying, it's just, um, you know, number one, it's, it's just a great honor. But, you know, my perspective, um, I've spent the last couple weeks just putting together some social media and some um, trying to get team pictures and photos going back to 1964-65 and bringing it all the way up to 2015 and having these um, discussions with, you know, my mom and my dad as we look at these um, players and these, uh, you know, the old team pictures and just, you know, my, my mom and dad remember, you know, everything about, you know, all these different years. And they've told me, like, you know, don't forget this, don't forget that. And uh, so, um, again, it's just, it's remarkable. You know, you almost can't, you know, put a couple words on it to describe the whole thing. All right, that's uh, Steve Hill along with uh, his family as uh, the uh, the court, uh, the Hill Court will be uh, uh, unveiled tomorrow. Uh, of course, it'll be named after Steve Hill, a uh, longtime successful Ridgeway Boys and Girls basketball coach. You want to hear the full interview, you can go to our website, theteam1340.com and check it out there. But that is tomorrow, Ridgeway High School, 1245 before Ridgeway takes on to Beck. And if you, uh, like I said, live in that area uh, along Highway 50, please get out and uh, and. Uh, and support uh, Steve Hill and acknowledge uh, uh, the success he's had over the years as a high school basketball coach. Didn't didn't step away all that long ago. Not after, really. After he had uh, the very successful run uh, from 1964, like 1998, he stepped down and then came back and coached two more times at Ridgeway High School after that. All right, we will take a break. We'll come back with Hour 2 and around the NFL next hour. Also, I know you're waiting for it. Where in the world is Tyler Franson coming up next hour? on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network.